Facey FaceTime time, Facey Facey FaceTime time, for day FaceTime. Hello. Hello. I think our latency may be a little bit better. Your latency is better? I think it's a little better. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds good to me. Yeah, I think it's better than it was at least. Yeah, I don't know. Jenna stopped downloading all of her her food porn. She's downloading her food porn. <laughs> she was trying to watch The Master because she fell asleep watching it. Oh, The Master. Is it good? Is it worth watching? Yes. It is a, it is a weird fucking movie though. Mm. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's a good performance. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much about Scientology it actually has to do with. It seems pretty extracted, uh, you know, abstracted from it. Uh, when did Scientology start? Because this whole thing was like mm-hmm. going on in like the fifties. Oh right. Um, I thought Scientology was like a seventies, eighties thing. Uh, it could have been before. Uh, with I guess with L L Ron. Let's let's not make this about Scientology though. If we lose our Scient- Scientology start date. <laughs> if we lose our Scientologist listening audience, then. Like pretty much, we don't have our audience any audience left at all. <laughs> if we alienate, <laughs> you think that we have crew, mostly what? Yeah, well, you may be right. They're really you're right. They're propping up our numbers big time. There are a lot of good Scientologists. Beck Beck is a good Scientologist. Love his music. I do like his music. How's it going? It's going great. We've done some traveling. We were in uh, Boston. Hung out with John and Kate. We made some delicious, delicious pizza. So he sounds good. Yeah, John is like really into pizza. So he got one of those baking steels. Do you know what that is? No. We we have one of those too. It's like this giant sheet of metal and it's very, very heavy. And you put it into your oven and you know, you bake the pizza on top of it. And it is wonderful. Have you ever seen people do this where they actually cook on salt? On like a gigantic slab of salt crystal? Yeah, I've I've seen i've heard of that that shit is crazy yeah i think williams and sonoma is all like you should you should cook this way did you find out about this from the salt store in portland no oh really no i did not i went to the salt store with your wife they definitely had that there i gotta go back there i need some more bitters it's like a salt plus bitters store right? salt chocolate and i also think they have bitters they're really trying to corner the market on those three things (laughs) just pour them all together they might also have some flowers there in that store. I think they also might have some flowers. It's such a thing. I feel like it's a Portlandia thing. Oh, it's just the salt. It's the salt and chocolate store. That's it. It's a salt, chocolate, and bitter store. No big deal. Artisanal salts. Artisanal. Salt of the earth. <laughs> I mean, what does that phrase mean? Like, What is the etymology of that? Like, like oh, it's sky salt? Hell salt? Uh, uh, water salt? What are we talking about here? What other salt is, is exists? Don't know. Mm. Gentle musings by Adam and Dave. Oh, it's a it's a biblical it's a biblical reference. Uh, of course, Matthew Le five Babel. thirteen. You are the salt of the earth. What's up, Matt? How you doing, bro? Religion. Hey, hey, Matthew. I got nothing. Hi, hi, friend. Hello. I miss you. I miss you so much. I miss you too, buddy. Yeah, man. Did you want to? Did you want to talk about cooking? Yeah, let's 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 do a food episode. Dave and Adam's splendid table. <laughs> we're very we're very uh, NPR today. We have gentle musings and now splendid table. Like we're we're doing it. I like I like this. I think this is good. Did you know that I used to work in a, uh, a kitchen? Yes, I did know that. 
Yeah, so this is like a gourmet deli type situation. We did some catering, stuff like that as well. Restaurant food is horrible for you. (laughs) And I know this because I've seen horrible things. I've seen things that if you've worked in a kitchen and you've seen the amount of cream that goes into soups, like heavy cream, um, the amount of butter and mayo that goes into things just to make it taste like really great. It's, um, it's kind of revolting because no one, I mean, someone probably cooks like that. Some, I mean, there are probably people who cook like that for themselves. You mean, yeah, no one cooks like that for themselves, basically, unless they just really don't care at all. Like, sure. Let's, let's just, let's just pour in this whole thing of heavy cream. You know, nobody eats like that, but in restaurants, you really have no, I mean, you really have no control over what you're getting. All the incentives are kind of skewed. They're like, let's make this taste as good as possible. So let's put in as much butter and fat and salt. And it's not a good way to be healthy is, is basically what I would say for most, for, for a lot of restaurants. So, I mean, I love cooking though. Like I really do. I cook for myself. And uh, for Molly, to me, I mean, there's like a lot of good reasons to cook. It's healthier. It's a lot cheaper than eating out. And it's to me, it's like a relaxing activity. Like I, I really enjoy cooking. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm really starting to get into it as well. Um, and sort of, sort of meditative. And I also think that I sort of, I show love for people that I love through my cooking and through the food that I make. Where did, when did you uh, inherit that trait from your mother? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, my mom would, you know, she cooked a lot. She, um, I mean, she still does. She makes like amazing Italian food, basically. Um, you've come over for like some meals, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I can just remember making, like when I was a kid making stuffed peppers with her or baking pies, stuff like that. So yeah, she's pretty hardcore. She bakes her own bread, cans her own jam, stuff like that. So she's pretty like, she's pretty serious with it. And if someone as busy as she is, and I mean, she is like insanely busy. If she has time to be able to do all this stuff, I think, I think anybody really has time, but you know, you have to, you have to be smart about what you're doing. Um, Cause you have you, to make it a priority. Well, you have to not make yourself crazy in the kitchen and you have to cook smart, which is basically, and I mean, I, I could go on a whole thing, but I basically think that a lot of how people look, le- people don't really learn how to cook. They learn recipes people and they follow them. Hmm. Um, but you know, if you just every day you go and you try to make a meal, you might, you might make yourself crazy. You know, you gotta, you gotta try to, I don't know. I try to cook like a lot on the weekends. So I'll have food for the week rather than think about things in terms of meals. I'll think about like, how do I make some, how do I make some building blocks that I can use um, throughout the week or something to freeze? Such as I made some chicken broth chicken stock, whatever. Um, I was actually, I actually looked up cause I was trying to figure out what the difference was. Cause I didn't want to say the wrong thing, but basically, um, 
it seems like chicken broth is mostly made with meat and chicken stock is mostly made with bony parts. So what I do is I take a rotisserie chicken after I have like taken all the meat off of it and I just like throw it in with some water and onions and carrots and like whatever else um, and just cook it with water for hours and then you have some good chicken broth. So I made some delicious uh, ramen today with uh, with the chicken broth. Um, I mean, you can do so much with chicken broth. You can uh, make like risotto with it. Um, yeah, you can put it in the freezer, and when you're sick, you have some you have some good chicken soup. Yeah. All right. Okay. But yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I cooked some. I cooked some eggs in it today. Did you? Sorry. Did you say stock or broth? Which one did you do? It is kind of between. I I don't know. It's just whatever. It's both. It is betwixt the two. I would say it's probably stock broth. Stock broth, but yeah, stock broth, broth, broth stock. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's probably. I think it's probably broth mostly. Okay, so that means meat. Meat's part of it. Is what you're saying? Yeah, it's just like um, like wingy bits and tons of <laughs> tons of like bones. Like basically, once I've taken the the bone like all the bones usually get frozen or oh and i'll just keep them in the keep them in the freezer um for when i want to make some broth or this time i had a rotisserie chicken i i took off all the meat i actually made a made a paella with it with the the chicken and then the all the bones everything's just like broth broth down Ooh. so you want to hear some crazy shit yeah, what do you what? Tell me, tell me some crazy shit, man. Well, uh, over the holiday, uh, I guess it was maybe last year. My wife's aunt, who is a very interesting and eccentric person, she's got a smoker, and she was always making smoked bluefish and smoked bass or smoked trout every year, and mm. it was always pretty awesome. Um, yeah. She she did a very respectable job, and sometimes I think she even caught it, so it was pretty pretty amazing. Um, yeah. But two years ago, she got this idea in her head that every year previously that she smoked me a turkey. And so two years ago, she's like, I got your turkey. And I was like, what? She's like, that smoked turkey I make for you every year. I, of course, I did it again <laughs> this year. And I was like, what is going on? And she's like, yeah, I smoke, I smoke the, tur- the turkey I smoked for you. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm, I will go with this. Like, <laughs> yes, mm-hmm, that one, that turkey, please. And she, uh, she just gave me a freaking smoked turkey. And that first year, I didn't really know exactly how to handle it. So I just would slice off some pieces and eat them occasionally. But it was just like, it was a whole turkey. And I was only there for like a week. So, you know, we didn't get that through it. But this time... She came back around again, and it was like, that turkey thing I always do? I was like, yes, mm-hmm, that thing. She's like, here's another turkey. I'm like, boom. I got my game on point. So I took that ish home, and uh, I I just carved that thing up, put the white meat in one, put the dark meat in the other, put the carcass downstairs for uh, turkey soup. Yeah. And Jenna's mama full-on did exactly that. She made, uh, she made a turkey-based broth. Um, from a smoked turkey and that thing was incredible um oh my god it was really good and so i am now inspired and i think i'm actually going to go purchase a smoker 
Yeah. You know, that is so funny because I've been, um, don't purchase one. I'm actually sending one to you. What? What? Yeah. What? What? Yeah, I was, I was going to surprise you, but what? <laughs> yeah. I'm sending you a smoker. <laughs> what? what? No, wait, you can't, you can't do that. That's ridiculous. What, what do you mean? I can't. That's a, that's a, that's a serious purchase. It's, it's not small, but it's not large. It's, it's well, in hold the on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you already have a brand picked out? Yeah, I have it all picked out. This is the best. This is the best conversation of my entire life. Is it <laughs> what? What's the one? Is it a Master Bill? Is it a Traeger? Is it a something else? Um, I would have to look. I've I've did the research on this. Um, I actually talked to someone who does. She she does this whole thing with the fish that you're talking about. Oh my god! Um, I'd have to pull it up. It's red. It's electric. Boogie woogie, and boogie. you. <laughs> You plug it in and it, you know, I mean, some of the hardcore people do it, you know, don't want it to be electric, but I really think. No, that's days, insanity. That's insanity. These days no, you have you to, to have, have it be electric. <clears throat> yeah. So um, anyway, I, I need to, I need to go back into my notes and try to figure out which smoker I'm getting you, but that, will that be is tremendous. Yeah. So now wow. that, now that. Now that I have uh, spilled the beans, I guess I should probably bring you in to consult on the size of smoker that you will, will fit this your is, needs. This is ridiculous. This, why? You shouldn't do this. Well, why are you doing this? this I, yeah, I why not? Very sweet. Thank you. I, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 oh, man. Poor Kano. I will make, I'll make, I'll make you some shit. I'll make you I some hope stuff, you, too. I, I'm counting on it. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> I don't have any, I mean, I don't have any place for, for a smoker. And, you know, if I had a smoker, I would love to have a smoker. But I, I'm living mm. vicariously through you. Oh, Dave, what are we going to do? We got to smoke know. everything. I think you should smoke everything. Some some ribs, some fish, uh, pretty much everything, yeah. What if I throw in, okay, here's a crazy idea. <laughs> What if you throw in weed along with the wood chips? Can can you make it so that pork chops get you high? I Does that work? Don't, I don't know, Adam, actually. I want the smoke to be a double entendre, if possible. Okay. No, I don't worry. I would never do I, that. I would never do that. Don't worry. I think you've crossed over from double entendre into just entendre. Because I think mm. you just came out and said it. So, uh, But, you know, but it would be smoked meats, right? So that would be the double entendre. Yes, I suppose so. Yeah. Uh, My entendre game is on point, Dave. <laughs> you're right. You're you're absolutely right. <laughs> um, wow. I can't... Like, this is like the greatest... Uh, I'm getting clipped. Yeah. This is a very sweet... This is a very sweet gift. No, uh, fish. All fish, 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 fish. We'll do fish, tons of fish. Yeah. And, we'll, and then we'll... Once it's properly cured, I will send it in a... Uh, in, in proper bags across the country this will be fantastic there you go and i've been i've been i've been kvetching because this coast loves to do this smoked salmon which is like the oh i'm technically smoked but i'm basically poached you know what i'm talking about oh like i'm smoked but cooked all the way through there's no more translucency Mm. in my fish it's you know and when it comes to salmon that's that is just a travesty to me so the proper locks style of smoking fish is what I am going to try to perfect. Excellent. Oh, I, you don't, and I know people, I know people that fish, I can smoke them their fish and then take a tax, you know, out of that. There you go. 
Oh my god, this is going to be huge. I cooked some good fish this weekend as well. My god. What did you do? Just broiled it. Oh, okay. I can make Man, it's so simple. Um I'm pretty much a follower of uh Mark Bittman and his um just for like great cooking references, um how to cook everything is fantastic. Um do you have that book, Tuck? I do have that book, yeah. So, he had a really good method for I mean, it just it's broiling fish, but mm. He heats he heats the pan up. He tells you to heat up the pan for or the skillet or whatever for five minutes under the broiler. Take right. it out, put in three tablespoons of oil, like olive oil, salt, pepper the fish, put it in, and then um, you know, stick it in the oven. If you're doing something like tilapia or flounder, something very thin, you have your fish broiled in 90 seconds to two minutes. Wow. If you're doing something more substantial like salmon, I think yesterday it took me about four minutes. You could have a meal, like a really good meal, broiled fish. Um, you could just microwave some potatoes, just grab some arugula or something like pre-washed salad. You have a meal in 10 minutes flat. Oh my God. Like really good meal. Um, so yeah, I think eat more fish is a good, good resolution. I'm going to try to try to do it. Yeah. 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 That's a great resolution. Simple, you know, simple meals for sure. You can, you can just do healthy, healthy food. Are you part of a, any kind of, uh, CSA or a co-op kind of thing? Mm, I was, um, we stopped over the winter cause we had enough stuff and we've, it's just been a little tough because we're away, you know, we're away sometimes and yeah, for sure. Most of the winter vegetables you get are like kind of root vegetables and stuff. And we, in the summer, it's like the best thing, a lot of cooking and you just have to react with whatever you get. So <laughs> kohlrabi, what leeks, um, kohlrabi is like a, like a root vegetable oh i see i thought you were telling me to call robbie <laughs> yeah call robbie okay um, i'll call him up there's so i mean you know you just you just get random stuff it's in season it's really good it's it's cheap yeah it's always like cook with you know cook with what you have so i am not part of a uh co-op for veg veggie tables but instead i'm part of a meat co-op right now no yeah, buddy. Oh man. And I just got um month one delivered. And they delivered, they're like, Oh, it's a chicken heavy it's a chicken heavy month. <laughs> and by that they mean here's a whole chicken. <laughs> oh. And then it was like half pound like a full pound of incredible grass fed beef. A full pound of, of beef, a half pound of pork, and sirloin tips whole chicken, and a package of bacon that is unlike any bacon I've ever seen in my entire life. Thick cut? Relatively thick cut, but like the bacon itself was about mm, 10 inches long and about four inches thick, like <laughs> like wide. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you had like just huge like little strips of meat and fat, and it kind of... 
it kind of seemed unappetizing at first because it seemed so huge and so ridiculous. But once I pan fried it, the things really shrunk down and it like got to be the like right shape. And whatever they do to cure this bacon is out of control. Like it's not like anything I've tasted before. It was amazing. It was amazing. I, I don't even know what to do with myself. This sounds really good. Oh God, it was great. And then I've been, so I've been making burgers too because of this ground beef. Um, and I found two recipes that are almost unbeatable when you have great ground beef. For burgers? Yeah. Just chop up onion, mix it in with ground beef, and you're done. <laughs> or yeah. chop that's up. Quite a, that's quite a recipe. I was, yeah, I a great started, recipe. started write, write that one down, but then I, then I stopped because I realized you, there was Oh, actually, oh, uh, there is another one. There is another one, though. Uh, um, so where you, so you, um, you, know, like you mince garlic and you mix it in with the ground beef. And then you're done. Yeah. That one's also really good. That one's also good. <laughs> but no, I'm actually, now I also have this ground pork. So I'm going to like, I'm going to do it up. I'm going to do 50% beef, 50% pork, Ooh. 100% onions and, and go crazy. You could make, you can make some good meatballs too. Oh, that's a good point. You know what I love, um, I love doing is uh, make some tomato sauce and I have a really good recipe from that from, Frankie's Patino Kitchen Companion and Cooking Manual, which Daniela Kraut gave me. Ah, good old Daniela. Formerly Daniela Kraut. Um, oh, yeah. Well, she's um, Daniela what? Daniela Charlie, right? Munzig. <laughs> okay. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Daniela Munzig. Yeah, but you get your sauce going, you get that going, and then after that's cooked for you know a couple hours or something, two or three hours put your meatballs into it just right into it oh my it. Let, god let that cook raw meatballs yeah 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 they'll it'll cook and then you just you just cook it for like another hour and oh um god, of course yes and then you have wonderful delicious meat sauce that or meatball sandwiches or like whatever does uh, okay do the meatballs lose their flavor because they're sort of getting leached out into the sauce, or are the meatballs still pretty flavorful? The meatballs are flavorful, and okay. um, I mean the sauce is very flavorful too. You know it. Uh, you can't go wrong. Okay, well I think I'm going to do that. Would you send me that recipe? I, I will. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really it's a really solid recipe. It involves starting with some olive oil. You put whole garlic cloves into it. And like lightly brown the cloves Wait. for eight for eight minutes, just into the olive oil. Oh, just at the bottom of the pan. Yep. Mm-hmm. No mincing. Um, no, no, nothing. Just whole no, cloves. Yep. Yep. You put in uh, red pepper flakes. Sure. You are essentially flavoring the oil with the red pepper flakes. Okay. All right. Yeah, which is also kind of like toasting the spices, kind of like an Indian technique as well, but really smart and because it flavors the oil and then you know the tomatoes go in they want you to like hand crush the tomatoes or something but hand crush they want you to to use like whole tomatoes like from from a can no 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 they want i mean okay okay i think basically i mean you can use fresh you can use i think they basically want you to use them from a can yeah they want i think there is like a hand crushed there's like is there like a hand crushed option i feel like this is something that is like they do sell crushed tomatoes, but what they want you to do is 
you you are the hand crushing. You are the hands that you, crush I am the, the hand crusher. Okay. You're the you're the crusher. I don't want any other hands involved in my cooking, so that makes sense. Yeah, really. Totally. I, I completely agree. Um they want you to like take, you know, the little stem part. They want you to basically like the part under the stem, that sort of mm-hmm. tough, chewy part. They basically want you to take that out and kind of like hand crush the tomatoes. Um, and then you just cook that for like two or three hours. And then when it's ready, it's meatball time. Put the meatballs in. Yeah, this is very, very Italian. You know, the gravy. Have you heard of, have you heard of that expression? Uh, the Italian, some of the Italian Americans call it gravy. The red, the red sauce, they call it gravy. Well, that's freaking delicious. And I love the idea of it. And I'm going to do it tonight. Um, Wow. Well, let me try to think if I have anything that's actually interesting to talk to you about in terms of food prep. Uh, I mean, man, I don't know. I've just been grilling stuff. Um, and most of what I do is very, very simple. Well, you're you're out in the Pacific Northwest. Mm, tell me about your grilling. Uh, brisket would be probably the most interesting thing. Ooh. Yeah, brisket is really simple. You can do it. Anyone can do it as long as, even if they have a gas grill. You can do an unbelievable brisket with the gas grill. Don't listen to the haters. It's bullshit. Uh, all you need is 10 to 12 hours of your time. <laughs> um, a bunch of wood chips. Uh, but, you know, it's not active time. It's not really active time. That's the thing, right? So the thing takes tw- 10 to 12 hours to cook. But you're not sitting there just like staring at it and being like, you know, with all your vigilance. This is a very... You know, this is a very hands-off process. It's only a little bit more hands-on uh, for the gas grill because you have to keep refreshing wood chips. But mm. you basically just like cover a brisket. First of all, you got to trim it, right? Like I, I like you take the fat brisket off. with a decent amount of fat, but but yeah, man, there, yeah. some of them like are just um, you can't take it all off necessarily. But like. A lot of times if you don't get a pre-trimmed brisket, it kind of be like covered in that like silver skin kind of stuff. Silver skin. Yeah, you know that I'm makes talking it about? tough. Yeah. Kind of tendony, tendony stuff. And yeah. that can actually really, really, really be kind of a pain in the ass. So a lot of times that's kind of covering a layer of fat, it seems. And so like once you can at least get that off, some of the fat comes off, plus the tough part gets removed. All right. Then I think you do it. I forget which side's up, which side's down, but Google that ish and then what you know. And then you just cover this thing. Like you, you like don't cake it on, but like come close. Pat this thing down pretty heavily with like salt and pepper and nothing else. That's all you freaking need. It's incredible. And you just cook it indirectly. Uh, try to keep the temperature in there at something like 200 degrees. And you cook it for like mm. 10 hours and you just keep making little packets of, um, of wood chips foil you know you yeah. can just buy them from the from the supermarket wrap them in aluminum foil poke a couple holes uh, or make just a couple slits is another fine way put them on top of the burner and it'll smoke oh i mean you have to pre-soak the chips yeah maybe like an hour before to like the night before but then you're fine and you put it right on top of the burner basically um or if you're or if you're uh if your grill is really close to the burner then you can put it just right on the grill and that smoke will be more than enough. You don't have to. You don't have to cook it with charcoal smoke, and it comes out shockingly good. Cut against grain always, and man, I you know I I don't think I got a particularly like incredible brisket, and I did not 
Like it seemed like it would be a very difficult thing to really screw up. Do you have a grill in DC? We have, um, well, you know, um, you know, we're moving, right? You're moving, right? Right. You're moving away from Grover, Grover Park. Grover Park. You're moving away from Super Grover Park and into somewhere else. (laughs) That's right. Where? Um, We're moving away and, um, but in our, in our complex here, we have some wonderful, um, there's some charcoal grills and there's some gas grills and anyone can just use them. Anyway, there's, there's some nice grills here. So yeah, there's gas grills, charcoal, and, um, what I really like doing actually is taking, taking out some chicken breasts and grilling them out on the grill so as not to, you know, get chicken all over my apartment. And the best way to really make sure that like no chicken juice gets stuck all over your apartment or, or, or even on the grill really is to just put the package of chicken with this cling wrap still on it face down directly on the grill and you just let it burn the plastic away and then you start cooking <laughs> the chicken. <laughs> surefire strategy surefire indeed Uh, sure to start a fire (laughs) and kill you from all the chemicals hey Dave remember speaking of cooking do you remember when we were in college and uh, we didn't know that Teflon pans didn't go in the oven yes and then, then we treated a Teflon pan as if it were an iron skillet and put it yes. in a very, very hot oven. Yeah. And then it exploded into plastic fume flames. <laughs> and in order to save ourselves, you th- threw open the door and flung a burning of plastic pan into the snow where it immediately uh, cooled and the day was saved. I think you're sort of conflating two different stories, but I I think this is even more. I I, I like this story even more. <laughs> I'm sort of I'm almost positive, right? Because it was like, well, oh shit, was, this is a terrible idea. And then we you open the door and you threw it out there just into the snow, and you're like, well, we'll deal with that later. That was <laughs> that was actually um, the fire and throwing out into the snow story was actually a. Um, that was actually an attempt to make falafel. <laughs> and which is separate from the Teflon skillet. Separate pan? from the Teflon incident. That was a different incident. Same kitchen, different uh, incident. Um what so, happened with the, you definitely threw the Teflon pan outside. Like it became very well, clear that those fumes were we going pro- to kill us. <laughs> I guess I guess my solution in both cases is just to throw the pan outside. <laughs> if it's on fire or if it's emitting horrible fumes, I guess the best the best solution is just to throw it outside. So solid solid reactive reactive time on both of those two. You you really moved quickly if I remember correctly. Thank you. Yeah, mm. well, yeah, the fire thing, it was so funny cuz I was actually um that was like I think my first date with Molly, I don't know if you date in college. It probably, I don't know. It probably wasn't a, you, you or you can date. Um, you don't necessarily have to, if you just have sex at a party, I mean, <laughs> after a party, I guess you don't really have sex at parties in the party. Um, so I, inv- yeah, I invited her over. I was going to make some falafel. I was going to impress her with my impressive falafel making skills <laughs> And uh, Mark 
had recently brought back some olive oil from Greece. Home of falafel. Home of falafel. And I had learned enough. Well, I guess I hadn't really learned anything, but I knew that (laughs) when, you know, when you fry falafel, I thought, oh, well, in professional kitchens, the oil is like really, really, really hot. So I uh, put some oil, a good amount, a healthy amount of oil into the pan. I covered, I put the lid on it and I turned, I turned the burner all the way up to get it as smoking hot as possible. And of course, um, I took the, you know, after I decided it was hot, it was hot enough. I took the lid off of the pan and there was smoke it started to smoke and then there was a column of flame up to the ceiling <laughs> and I capped it <clears throat> and uh, Lisa Lee was there. Molly was there and I, I asked Lisa or Molly, I forget to open the door. And then I, I threw this, I, I threw the pen out and took the lid off and there was a giant column of flame, um, you know, burning and melting into the snow. Oh. But yeah, I impressed I impressed Molly with my with my quick thinking and yeah. cool cool demeanor. It is kind of amazing that she married you after that being your first uh, formal interaction. I, I like that. No, I, I'm thinking of the Teflon. I was there for the Teflon. The Teflon, um, yeah, that was a different. Uh, the Teflon was. Um, I guess went, it was more smoke, less fire for me. Yeah, it was fumes, and then we found out that the fumes were bad because we couldn't find any, I don't think we had enough pie pans and we were making pie pies. You have to we had gone we were to, trying to make pie. We had gone to Lyman's orchards and we picked apples that day. So <laughs> I went, you know, I went with the short girls. Um, we picked apples and then that got made into pies and some of the pies, you know, obviously we didn't really think about the material or I didn't think about the material of the, of the pans. And uh, we had to throw them out because Teflon heated up is toxic or something. Yeah. Or something. Thanks a lot. Something poison like control. That. Thanks a lot. That's good stuff. So anybody who's been thinking about anything that we've said so far, just keep all of these things that we've done in mind. Mm. Uh, Cautionary tales. Take our Cautionary tales. Cautionary. Take our advice with a with a you know a grain of artisanal salt. 